0: Greetings and welcome along to this, the very first episode of the New Zealand Tech Podcast for 2016. Well, next week we're going to be diving into a whole lot of coverage of the Consumer Electronics Show, or CES as it's now known. Uh, It's currently taking place in Las Vegas. Uh, But this week we have a special episode for you. We talk with Microsoft Distinguished Engineer Laura Butler, uh, who I caught up with uh, a few months ago, and uh, very, very happy to be able to share that interview and uh, some insights uh, into life at Microsoft over the last uh, last couple of decades or so. So, Laura, thank you for joining me on the New Zealand Tech Podcast. My pleasure. Now, last night, sitting around having dinner, well, you weren't eating much, actually. We had some fascinating discussions, so... I was convinced that we needed to sit down and record a little bit more of a chat with you today. So I, I hope that's okay. I hope I don't make you repeat too much of what you've, you've said already.
1: I think you found out I don't mind talking <laughs> since you were my dinner companion.
0: <laughs> well, that's interesting because when you were sitting around at dinner, you weren't eating a whole lot. Why was that?
1: Oh, I'm kind of sick as a dog right now.
0: That's a bit I right. call it
1: post-ignite stress disorder. Just the focusing on the presentations and the walking around and I'm clutch in like a crisis moment but then after everything's fine the world's been saved then I usually kind of turn into human jello and so
0: okay yeah, that's
1: why my voice is kind of funny
0: so do you do a lot of these sorts of things I mean you're keynoting in front of you know two and a half thousand uh you know technologists uh, here in New Zealand is that sort of thing you do every day as a um as an engineer as a developer
1: no, I went into engineering, too, so I didn't have to deal with people so much. No, the only, well, I mean, other than talking to people whose salaries I pay, so they, are, of course they're cheering, um, or interns who want a job at Microsoft, I've done exactly one of these, and it was to 30 people in Fargo, South Dakota. It was the infamous Midwestern Mobility Summit. <laughs> and the only reason 30 people came is the little art venue had free food.
0: Wow, so we're very privileged to have you uh, speaking to us then, if it's not the usual sort of thing that you go around doing a a big speaking circuit.
1: Privileged or maybe foolish. I think I I double did when Matt sent me mail asking if I was going to come. You know, it's an IQ test, right? Of course, (laughs) go to New Zealand. Well, yeah. Oh, that speech thing. I'll figure that out later. But, you know, to be honest, I was responsible. I said, are you sure you're the right person? Like, you know, I don't really have an experience on these things, no media training. Like, I gave him every out, and he still said, yeah. So, I was like, okay, cool. <laughs> why not?
0: That's great. Well, glad you came. Now... Your time with Microsoft, you've you've uh, you've had two stints at Microsoft, but it goes really goes back into the to the late eighties, doesn't it? When you first joined Microsoft, can you tell us a little bit about you know, how you came to end up in this world of, of tech? And uh, from from score, I think you said uh, when we were we were chatting previously that computers wasn't sort of a natural uh, thing for you to start with.
1: Yeah, that's right. Uh, I got into tech completely by accident. I, I was going to be a mathematician, astronaut, archaeologist, international spy, maybe brain surgeon and writer on the side. That was sort of what I was going to be. And, um,
0: so what happened?
1: <laughs> this is actually so embarrassing. So Harvard had this test you had to pass. I'm going to date myself. It was 1987. You had to get, check your email on a VAX system. And I didn't really read all the paperwork they had sent me that summer. And uh, I showed up and I failed the test. And the options were grim. They were keep taking the test in public, being humiliated.
0: So You failed a basic computer test. I
1: did. I totally <laughs> failed it. <laughs> I know. I know. It's a computer. This is never, nothing's going to go. There's never going to go anywhere. I don't need to pay attention. And what's email? Um, and then, then there was a like math for dummies class. And I, I mean, I didn't need to take math for dummies. Okay. And, but then there was the real person's, the real man's programming class. Well, you don't want to take that. So I'm kind of stubborn. So I said, well, sign me up. And um, it just... My sophomore year, I became busy. I had a really kind of crappy job, although it seemed like a great job at the time. After my freshman year of college, I worked in a little savings and loan data processing center. I got to read all day.
0: So, what did you do in that data processing center?
1: Nothing. I read War and Peace. I read. <laughs> actually have read Decline and Fall of the Roman Empire, all three books. It's a big piece of work.
0: So what were you supposed to be doing?
1: I was supposed to be just sitting there in case they needed to pull one of these tapes. Wow. Or if there was a fire, I was supposed to dive out the door in 30 seconds. So I went back to school and everyone had these glamorous jobs. And I was like, you know, giving blood and taking psych to whatever I could do, clean, work in the cafeteria, clean houses, make money. So I went to the career center. I was interviewing with Goldman Sachs. And these people asked me these really strange questions. The next thing I knew, they were taking me out to free dinner. I was like, okay, I don't know who these Microsoft people are, but I like how they roll. And they sent me a plane ticket and put me up in housing. I didn't have a driver's license, so May 1989. And it was awesome. I went from paying a lot of money to feel people basically acting like they didn't want me there to being a place where I was doing what I wanted, I was having fun, and they were actually paying me and they had unlimited diet coke.
0: <laughs> I mean,
1: and diet caffeine-free coke, diet cherry coke, diet lime coke. It was like, you know, like Willy Wonka like that Willy Wonka moment.
0: Well, like, I mean, I guess it's, it probably wasn't, wasn't the norm back then, and certainly what you'd come from, uh, to, to have a, you know, things like that laid on, but that was the tech world, right?
1: It was, actually. I would have said it was, it was wonderful, and I think it resonated with me because there was no fit. Microsoft knew full well that, and most of tech companies did. I know you were involved in the early 90s too, so you know what I'm talking about. What you could study about computer science in school was really not relevant for the software industry. Right, it was either very theoretical, I mean, wonderful underpinnings, but very, very theoretical Turing machine stuff, or you know, electrical engineering. But the rest of it was kind of crap. So uh, you know, Lisp, write a Lisp interpreter. So they're just looking for people who are smart, can solve problems. They're kind of scrappy, maybe.
0: And how did they figure that out? And how did you, you know, how did you, how did that connection work?
1: Um, I don't know. I think I probably started from Bill Gates as mm. my guest because mm-hmm. you know, he's a Harvard dropout too. That's about the only thing I have in common with him. <laughs> Actually, I uh, wish I had more. <clears throat> But uh, So I think they just had decided that they were going to teach people. They didn't know where they were going, so they were going to find people they thought were teachable and who could maybe handle a little kind of adventure. But it was really amazing, you know, since everyone fit, it was maybe an island of misfit toys, right? So I felt like I found my home and to realize that, you know, some guy from Bangladesh sharing my office with me has more in common with me than someone in the little hometown I grew up in, in terms of world out view and interests and... Things, you know, you can read about things, but then when you experience them, it's different. And that was so real.
0: Yeah. It's
1: good times. (laughs) That's cool.
0: So what were those early projects that you got involved in?
1: Oh, well, I started as an intern on Word for Windows 1.0. And this happens every year, even to this day. We put in for all these interns and then it's a huge surprise when they show up. And they all show up around the time we're trying to ship products, right? So we don't know what we're going to have them do. Trying to get better at that. Uh, So Word for Windows was going to ship any day. It was going to ship any day now for about a year. <laughs> oh, okay,
0: and that's when you arrived.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think it was. I think the coding was actually like cashmere. I'm, I can't remember. I think it was cashmere. Project Cashmere. And um, since all the bugs were in the the printing and the uh, text formatting engines, which was like the hardest part of really, the whole point of a word processor or the hardest code. They weren't going to let the interns touch that. So they actually made up a job for me. So yeah, you know, this was this is a good story actually. Um, they wanted me to go through the source code logs. Match changes, okay. And it was, it was called slime at the time, SLM. And then that was actually followed by scum, SCM. Okay. And then source depot, and now, we're perf- you know, and then we're trying to move towards a Git kind of world. But anyway, um, go through that, match it up to bugs, and then figure out who's doing what, and then basically produce, like, kind of top 10 most wanted list. Yeah. You know, 10 heroes and 10 villains. Okay, a couple of weeks go by, the first mail goes out, and this man by the name of Charles Simone, Shows up, you know, hugely at the top of both because he's the text formatting guy. He's sort of a notorious character. He dated Martha Stewart. He's Hungarian. Okay. And he's retired now. I think yeah. He's got a whole college at Cambridge that he found funded. But anyway, like 15 minutes, some guy, like this Tasmanian devil, comes in this conference room. There's probably like 16 of us. It felt like we were in little bunk beds in this conference room. He goes, you know, who's t Laura B? No, there's only one girl in the room. Okay, so it probably couldn't have been that hard to figure out. And just like shouting, like, what a moron. Like, who would an idiot? Who would do this? And I'm like, look, I know it's a stupid project. I'm just an intern. And I'm thinking to myself, please, God, don't take the free soda and the money away. You know, I don't (laughs) want to go back to to, to quote unquote Connecticut in shame. And uh, I'm like, I know it's dumb. So he went and had, so it was like the project was killed. And then I had the second thing of like, okay, I'm like a month into my internship. I have nothing to do. So the Windows team had been begging the word team for attention. This is going to be Windows 3.0. Please fix your push buttons. Remember those old, like Mac flat, ovalish, elliptical push buttons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's a word it done their own. So on top of Windows ninety five, look like crap. Or Windows three, Windows three, look like didn't,
0: crap. It didn't didn't fit because it wasn't using the, yeah, it was the, the, the same formatting as everything yeah, else. And the word yeah. guys
1: were, I mean, the Windows guys were like, please, please fix your push buttons. And the work guys are like, this Windows thing's never going to go anywhere. <laughs> to leave us alone. Like you know, you're there to take bullets until OS two. You know, ascends. You know, takes its rightful place. <laughs> And uh, so I had time on my hands. I just started playing around. I think I started finding bugs. Next thing I know, someone says, hey, maybe you could like figure out what the bugs are. And then I end up in the Windows team. So I worked on that through Windows 95. And then the Internet happened, and we had to cook up some Internet apps. And since Windows 95 was healthy, you know, the way my resources are fixed. So when things are in good shape and there's new things that have to be done, you know, people will move. So a bunch of us under Blake Irving, who now runs GoDaddy, um, went to this thing called NetMeeting, which is sort of an uh, ancestor of Messenger and Skype for business and mm, so on. Mm. And, uh, and then in 2000 it was really kind of a rough time at Microsoft. It was doing the right things. There were too many versions. We sort of just exploded in growth. So there was a consolidation period. But I turned, I turned this paper pusher, and I'm like, "That's not. I want. It, I need to live." So I left. And I came back in 2009, probably because I heard Joe B, who had been my PM, Windows I five, had just gone over to Mobile. And I'm like, "Oh my God, they're serious about it." So then, Windows Phone Seven and Eight, and then Fast Ship Windows Phone Growth Team, and then uh, little detour to OneDrive SharePoint, and then back home for the end game of Windows Ten. Well,
0: wow, see, so really done. You've done a lot. You've really been involved in lots of different different areas. Now, you you mentioned Joe Belfiore there, and uh, I did a separate chat with him a, earlier on the week. Um, tell me about working with with Joe and and what it is that yeah you know, makes him. Uh, an interesting person to work with. Oh, he's For you. he's
1: absolutely incredible, and so um, what? Nothing like giving a speech to 2,500 people and having something go wrong at the beginning to make me understand his genius. He is the very nicest, most personable, and yet unbelievably focused human being you'll probably ever meet. I mean, he's he's always in the moment. Like people will walk up to him. I mean, you can imagine this guy being mobbed. He has probably 1,200 people that work in his group underneath him. He always makes the time for that. And you could tell him the stupidest idea, and he'll go, oh, that's really interesting. And he'll remember. But he's really super focused on priorities. And instead of peanut buttering, like Cortana, Mm. you know, if we could get that under covers, there's just no way that would be really good because you have to train and add to the voice dictionary. And also incredibly charismatic. I mean, the man, what people don't know is during that keynote, he was making dynamic decisions about what he was going to say and do. And um, he just has so much practice and skill with us. But in some ways, he hasn't changed at all. I mean, he did. He came into my office, and he was like, hey, like, last minute, when it's 5 let's change the start icon. You know, it's like, why not? Like, okay, yeah, we can do it without building. I'm sure it'll be okay. <laughs>
0: So this was Does right at the last to, minute, as you're yeah, about to about close. to finish off the product. Yeah,
1: close to it. And you're like, okay, probably not a good idea to make a check in and not build it. But okay, but I mean, just that enthusiasm and that passion. Um, I don't know, how you know, I admire that. He just, just ne- he's never flagged. He never just never been a day job for him
0: and who are some of the other characters that in your time at Microsoft obviously you know Bill Gates was there during a lot of the time you were there uh, Steve Barmer what did you find interesting about work, working with them for instance
1: um you know I got to see Bill Gates a little bit um because I was I was engaged to a man that had been at Microsoft almost from the beginning and mm. knew Bill but um but I, you know, I used to hear about these people that would brag about how often they met with Bill. You, you, all of us would kind of feel bad. And then we realized finally one day, those are the people whose projects are really screwed up. And so then they're doubly <laughs> he dumb for to keep bragging. Yeah, with him right. to fix them and up. then they're bragging about it, right? <laughs> oh, God. I mean, everyone was a character. So there were four buildings at Microsoft when I started, and, and the company was having two raging debates. Should it be so decadent, like the end of the Roman Empire, to build two more, even though we're kind of popping out of the buildings? And at the same time, how could we possibly conceive? Of taking the jolt, don't take the free jolt away. It's like you know, amnesty.
0: So these rights. were big debates with a human Microsoft. rights violation.
1: Yeah, yeah. Okay. And um, but for some reason, and I don't know why, we're continue to be in love with California architects. Where to come from places it never rains. But the three of the buildings were the same, and the fourth one was like a mirror image. Okay. Okay. And um, the fourth one was where they put. So there was a networking building. It was like Landman, and then there was the operating system building. Okay. Mostly I was two in like a tiny little corner, Harry Potter, you know, for windows. Then there was the apps building. That was three. And then four was marketing, finance, executives, everybody else building.
0: Yeah. Okay. You know, okay. So which so one Bomber. was, which one was the mirrored one?
1: Four. Okay. So that's where Bomber was. Yeah. And so yeah. I was in building three and this tornado comes in the women's bathroom as I'm washing my hands. It goes, you're in the wrong bathroom. Get out. And I just like back out before I'm like, I think that might be that by Steve Bomber.
0: Right, so he's come in and he's used to his building, yeah. and because of the, the right. it being a mirror of the others, right? He he's totally thinking that he's right, right? And, and also, he's not. So did you correct him?
1: Uh, no, and also you know he's probably pretty busy, so like the lavender walls and the potpourri <laughs> weren't a tip off. But um, but he went back to his his executive assistant and said, "Why are the men's bathrooms in Building Four so crappy?" Oh, really? Right, And um, and so, like, no one told him. So she, for a while, I mean, like, flowers, there was this whole conspiracy. And so when he retired, left Microsoft, he got the people who were partners and above in a room and, you know, thanked us. And it was very emotional. Um, he's really an incredible man, by the way. His memory for people and names is probably unparalleled. He's mm-hmm. talked to you once, and you've told him your kid's name. I mean, he knows that, we'll remember. But, um and so I asked, he said, you have any questions for me? If you ask questions, I finally said, okay, Steve, I've got a question for you. Why were the, build, the bathrooms in Building 4 reverse? And everyone started laughing that had been in the company a long time. Because we've all been bit by this. Okay. And uh, various times. And he goes, what are you talking about? He never knew.
0: Never knew. Never
1: knew. For like, it was like this mystery had been cleared up. <laughs> oh, the characters. Oh, man, there was Windows 95. The head of performance was this guy named David D'Souza. And he loves stuffed animals. So, like, he had 16-bit bunny and 32-bit bunny. And so if you were doing good stuff, you, you got a little visit from tiny little slender 16-bit bunny. And if you were, like, writing really piggy code, 32-bit bunny came whapped you on the head. <clears throat> <laughs> and we also had people we liked to drop, blow stuff up. One of my boss, actually, at the time. That's always fun. Yeah, his wife worked at, at, at a Talking Rain, which is a water company. And we found if you put dry ice in a water bottle, you shake it. Over time, it'll explode. And so I think we probably went through more receptionists. You know, we traumatized those poor people. But, like, folks we were getting deliveries, there'd be, like, gift baskets. And we like, try to hide like, one of these things, you know. We'd just be hanging around, and
0: then, boom! Like, we're <laughs> in
1: the air. Other things. Oh, we had a great debate about the bathrooms again. So there were only, like, six women in the building, I think, during Windows 95, maybe eight. But the men were like, you women always go to the bathroom. And we're like, well, I think we should test this scientifically. So we rigged up you know, these little push counters yes. with weights on pulleys to the bathroom doors. Now, ignoring the law of numbers, okay, 200 to 6, and maybe the men are motivated enough to go to some other building, okay. but we had another weapon in our repertoire, which is we would all go together. Yes, One door open, something none of the men were ever going to do, right? Like, hold the door and make eye contact,
0: <laughs> <right>?
1: <laughs> Did that. Got even our vice president, David Cole. I mean, he was the guy who took his pickup truck, went down to CompUSA and just bought a whole bunch of software. We're like, we're having app compat problems. Let's just, just go spend money and buy apps. He had a big pickup truck. It is rumored he drove his motorcycle through that building and popped a wheelie on a coffee table, but it's I can't confirm that. <laughs> With my eyes.
0: So what have been the what have been the highlights for you? What are, what you know, which products and people have you most enjoyed working with?
1: You know, it's kinda like travel. I kinda like the one I'm up to the most. If I didn't yeah. I would yeah. move. I mean something like Windows ninety five is such a transformative moment, but it can ruin you too. Because, you know, life isn't like that all the time. And I think, you know, it's it's a natural thing. You do something and it's successful and you forget some of its luck and environment and you start to think it's all you. And then you wonder, you know, hey. And the other thing about Microsoft is I think we really do our best work when we're hungry and scrappy and behind. The company was founded this just this philosophy of like, you know, we don't want to be the man, the bureaucrats. Those are those guys who have to wear ties to work. You know, that's, we're the counterculture guys. Mm. And, um, so, you know, all of a sudden you become the incumbent and it's a little weird, right? You start playing defense and it doesn't really sit so well with our, I think our company DNA. So, you know, actually being behind in mobile and having to make a comeback on with Windows 10 or I should say re, re re-energize it. Yeah. Is actually a really good thing. You know, being lean. Bill, I think Bill Hewlett in Hewlett-Packard way had said that most companies tend to die die more often from indigestion, from starvation, and so it's better to be a little hungry...
0: Now tell me, going going back to those sort of earlier days, ninety five Windows ninety five and so on. Um, I remember hearing stories of people sleeping under their desks and in their chairs and so on. Was that a reality for for you? Did that happen sometimes?
1: Oh yeah, it happened a lot. I mean there were periods where I was broke, so I saved myself some rent. Okay. <laughs> um but then in, in the late night, you know, mid nineties, the grunge is this thing that happened. Every person in a coffee shop was like playing in a grunge band. And I thought i would be cool. I'm going to go live down in Pioneer Square, which is this sort of artsy, grungy area. Not really thinking that that's like at best a 20, 30 minute you know drive. And if there was a sports event or something go on, it'd be terrible. And there's no parking.
0: That could be a challenge. And so you know,
1: it's two, three in the morning, and you're like, I'm going to drive home. I'm going to get to bed at four, and I'm going to have to get up at seven. It's not worth it. And then also, when you know, if you're running, doing stress runs, or you're debugging long scale problems. If you run it overnight, but it failed 15 minutes in, that's like a lot of hours. Yeah, so I did. So I'm kind of small, so I learned how to sleep in my chair. Um, it was before, you know, I realized I could probably go buy myself like a futon and put it in my office. I <laughs> had too much junk in there anyway. Lots of Star Trek junk all over. Yeah, and it wasn't. It, it wasn't like I, I didn't feel like I was a slave wage. It was just I lose track of time.
0: Mm-hmm. And then it was. I must have enjoyed what you were doing.
1: Oh, I did. I was it was wonderful. And oh, two characters, Todd Laney's is this very famous notorious guy at Microsoft. First of all, he had a Volkswagen bug and it got broken into a couple times, so he's just decided he was going to take the doors off. <laughs> people stopped breaking into it. And then he had like this like sheepskin covers on everything and then people started keep stealing his tape decks and things. Um, he's kind of maybe late seventies, early eighties kind of guy. Yeah. And, uh, so then he just got one of these portable cassettes. Okay. He was a multimedia dude. He's the dude that put the uh, Easter egg into Windows 95. He was famous for wearing all one color. So he like yellow t-shirt, like Big Bird Day, yellow t-shirt, yellow shorts. And, um, but he would do this thing. It would drive me crazy because his office would be around the corner. He would leave to go get dinner. And, um, he was really picky about what he ate, but then he'd go to Denny's so I'm like okay. not surely why but he's there for 24 hours and he'd blast the music and he's a big Steve Miller fan so you know you're like you, we couldn't break in his office because like the door locked I was like dude why are you blasting your stereo when you leave it's really annoying It's <laughs> just that kind of a guy I don't know you break out of people like this yourself right oh yes <laughs> yeah but I was there because I wanted to I mean it was ours it was fun
0: sounds like some interesting times. Now, looking, looking outside of your day-to-day work stuff, what other things have kept your life interesting? Travel and, and so on. Where does that fit in for you? Because you know, life can't just be work, surely.
1: Um, that is a really good point. Uh, well, I, it's true. I'm a middle-aged 45-year-old cat lady. You know, I'm on the right side of... I'm on the spinster side of cat lady. I'm not sure how many cats kind of puts you over the line to crazy cat lady.
0: How many have you got? Two. I have a house. That, that's, I, not I, it's too, that's, not, that's not too crazy. I'm kind
1: of on a stray that shows up on my doorstep. You know, even raccoons. I, my neighbors had to tell me, stop feeding the raccoons. But, um, well, reading is the thing I've always done and had. I mean, mm. that is what I do my best thinking there. And I love, okay, I love the Sunday crossword puzzle. It's like brain yoga. I love to walk. I'm, You know, there's epistemy, kind of theoretical knowledge, but then there's techné, which is hand knowledge. Mm. And there's sort of heart knowledge. And I, I, I understand things by touching them and walking. Um I love to be outside of time. The thing is I get I have 160 people that depend on me. So they come first. No one forced me to take this job. And it's on like a one to five minute clock tick or, you know, maybe it's on a fifteen minute clock tick now. But toward the end game of Windows ten, that was a minute clock tick. Like, gotta, you know, hey, because that makes all the difference in the world, maybe, and being mm. able to react to some issue coming in. Yeah. If I'm the bottleneck, it's, you know, really bad. Um I do love movies. I'm a member of the CIF, Seattle International Film Festival, and their premiere theater is around the corner from my house. That's where I saw What We Do in Shadows. Very Cool. Huge fan. Britt Jermaine, I'm single. If you hear this, (laughs) (laughs) call me.
0: So what other New Zealand stuff do you like?
1: Well, I mean... (laughs) Okay, I'm sorry. But, of course, Lord of the Ring, you know that. And all the thing, other things that Weta mm. are, are doing. So my it was mom, an
0: easy decision for you to come on your trip to New Zealand. Oh, that was New a no-brainer. My yeah. mom
1: actually is the hugest, seriously, the hugest Tolkien nerd ever. I am to Star Trek as my mom is Tolkien. She has read The Silmarillion multiple times and sent the editor-publishers, like, corrections. Like, Yggdrasil <laughs> does not span the Bifrost kind of stuff, you know? And She's also a power nerd. She's in Electricity. And so I'm sure when I talk to her, she hears blah, 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 arm, blah, 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 quad processor, blah, PMIC. And when she talks, I hear blah, 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 transformer, blah, co-generation, blah, blah, la 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 hydro hydropower, you know. Bless her heart. I know. I like life.
0: That's good. That's how should be. I'm a student
1: of human. Yeah, and I do love to travel. And I'm weird. You know, I live in an area with these amazing, gorgeous natural parks. I haven't been to any of them. Because you're kind of my backyard, but if you say Zanzibar or yurts in Mongolia or Ladakh or Mount Cook or or something like that, I don't know, it makes my heart sing.
0: So where's your next adventure to? Oh,
1: I'm so bummed. Um, Well, no, I'm not bummed, but I actually had set my heart set on Mongolia, seriously. It was this amazing trip. You end up in Kazakhstan and you get to... Golden eagles on your arm, and you so it's basically home of the Dothraki people, right? Game of Thrones. I even had my little speech prepared mm. Hello, Mongolians. I am Laura, <laughs> New London, Connecticut born, mother of cats, right? And the rightful true heir to, you know, well, so the Studio West and is where a lot of the Windows team is, and the division used to be called OSG, Operating Systems Group, and now mm. it's called the Windows and Devices Group. So I was using yes. a you know, rightful true heir to. West, yep. studio west osg yeah and it but the trip was trip was booked by the time i finally got a, my act together so that's too bad so i so instead it's horrible i'm gonna go hiking in the greek islands
0: i'm sure i know it's be, be torture time. i'm sure you'll, you'll i love survive. that
1: i love the mix of things like you know you kind of hard hike during the day and then you come around the corner and there's your nice hotel and you got the hot tub and then you got the moussaka waiting and opa, and you know and then you can see some archaeology do some shopping and I love yeah, that.
0: Yeah, I think you can survive that. Yeah,
1: I think it'll be, you know, I'll, I'll take one for the team.
0: Cool. Now, obviously Windows 10 has really just launched. It's just out the doors. Maybe you can just run us through what that looked like in terms of building Windows 10 and what your part of the picture is. You talked about your team of 160, where, where they fit in and uh, into the you know, the broader team.
1: Okay, well, I actually sat out most of Windows 10. I was on purpose the advanced, I guess, rearguard post on Windows, older versions of Windows Phone. And last summer, um, as Windows 10 really kind of came, it got into gear, I just decided, you know, Microsoft has this mobile first, cloud first vision now. And I kind of realized I got the, mo- I kind of, I've had experience in mobile. I know jack all about the cloud, seriously, other than I live in a cloudy city. So I thought I should really learn about that. And, um, someone who's another really classy, Class act, long term Microsoft guy by the name of Chris Jones, also went, went to Stanford with Joe Belfiore. He had run Windows for a while, like Windows Live. They were putting OneDrive and SharePoint together. You know, it's about time. Let's, you know, instead of having multiple storage technologies in, in the cloud, like let's have one. And I thought I couldn't think of anything more sort of foundational. And, you know, Office is such an amazing business, but then all of the innovation and sort of modern things like, you know, GitHub and stuff are, are all in products that aren't actually making a lot of money. And so Chi Lu, who's a pretty amazing guy, he's the head of the apps and services group, um, was really looking for a place to kind of try some more modern things out, but you know, try to help pull um, for the right things that for the right reasons are behind, but try to pull them forward. So oh, I that would be really interesting. Yeah. So in September, I went over there, and I was there for seven months. And then I think it sort of became clear, like on-prem is still really important. Right, so it sort of has a, sort of a priority shift. Our cu- corporate customers aren't really the ones that really love SharePoint and storage. They have serious compliance things and and then p- various cloud regulations, Black Forest in Germany, Gallatin in China. They weren't ready to go whole hog yet, right? You know, they need so the on-prem release that's coming has got a lot of hybrid things in it. Yes, but then so I found like okay, so all the stuff I came over here to do, I'm kind of. You know, I don't know. And then at the same time, I felt like Windows was my homeland. You know, if you were a Ukrainian, you sit there and you go, Ukrainian's in a fight. Like, you kind of want to go back. And then I used to see Terry Meyerson, who's the head of the Windows Devices Group, and then Henry Sanders, who's my boss now, frequently because they come to my, the building I was in was the exact building. It was just where they'd put OneDrive SharePoint. And they used to say hi all the time. How's it going? And Terry's a very smart man. He must have taken one look at my face or had heard that yes. we just had a reorg. And he goes, yeah. Laura, we miss you. You should come back to Windows. And then he said words, this is at least what I think he said, which warmed the cockles of any <laughs> woman's heart, which is, you were maybe right about some things, and we were, you were wrong. You should come back. And I'm like, I can work with that.
0: That sounds so, great.
1: It was great. So so actually, I went trekking in um, Peru, so Inca Trail, and then at the end of April, I came back. And it was a dark time. I mean, it was not obvious that it was going to ship and be be good. I mean, it never is. Right, and you're, it's just like even a movie, right? You're too inside of it, mm. and you have you don't know how much coverage you have, right? So, um, so that's where the international touching of the product was quite helpful. But a lot of people in enterprise, they aren't going to go put it on their mission critical hardware. So you're only going to get so much inventory coverage. So it was really, but it, it was really a good time to come back though, because I kind of felt maybe, hey, one part totem, like, hey, I, I'm I feel a little bit like. A little bit of the conscience of Windows. Yeah. I'm here. And it's just bugs. You know, it's just software. It's like we've created so much drama in this industry. People don't know that. you think it's Dynasty. Like, that's our <laughs> telenovela. And you're like, it's just code. Like, you're right. we're sending more mail than to just, like, open up the damn debugger and fix it. And I kind of floated as an individual contributor for a while, and that was great. Say so you know what? If you have to do performance reviews as a manager, jumping out of being a manager right around that period... And then jumping back in is a really great thing to do. I might do this next year. I think I could be, you know, I'd be willing to let go of compensation just for that. <laughs> and, um, and then uh, and I figured something would turn up. And I was sitting right next to the guy who's my boss now, Henry Sanders, who's the head of just core, the core engineering. Yes. Not the category team. So Joe is head of PC, tablet, and phone, Phil Spencer is Xbox, and so on. And, um, and something would turn up. I'm like okay, the store guys need some help. Okay, I'll go from there. Oh, we got some issues over here. I'll go over here. And meanwhile, I was working with just the guys who were the fundamentals team, and um, and then that sort of became clear that we wanted to clean up some mission lines, and we we're going to make it a dedicated its own team. And since I'd had the time to get to know them a little bit, there was still be, it was easier than kind of going going in cold. Um, so we just the end of June is when that became official because you had to kind of get braced, right? You know, bow wave's going to hit. There's just nothing about. Tens or hundreds of millions of people updating that aren't going. People have questions. Actually, the single biggest product support call was the "Why don't I have Windows 10 yet?" So that's kind of a happy problem to have, but still, right?
0: Yeah, and it's and it's been and it's gone pretty well, hasn't it? In terms of the, it has.
1: But you know, there, actually, there was a plan there, mm. I, and, and I totally understand that we haven't been as transparent. So all the people that went and registered and they have the GWX, little Windows icon, and they're like, "Why don't I have it? Aren't I good enough yet?" We did a ton of analysis. I mean, we have information from our IHVs, our OEMs, our software partners, enterprises, and so on. We have this compatibility database. It's how we know what to do when compatibility breaks or who to talk to. And But we, we did a lot of analysis on people's machines who, sa- who led us and just said, oh, this person has some software that we know has a problem. Okay, we're going to wait to tell him. Or this guy has an Intel, you know, like a hybrid graphics driver. He's going to have a really bad experience. We're going to wait. So we were really thoughtful about, about it. And if you think, if you're really doing a service, I know windows is on the client, but once you launch, you just get success fails, right? All of a sudden it goes like, boom. And then your scale's all crap. You realize you just had one F5 or something and you, you know, and then everyone's really unhappy with you. You'd rather ramp it on a linear basis, right? You can build out capacity and so on. Well, Windows 10 is bad. I mean, there's the store. There's the data and analytics stuff. And um, there's just a whole of services. There's a whole lot of things tied to Windows. It isn't even just the client. So to actually have it go up on a linear ramp is really good. And the fact that we've shipped five updates that have actually addressed fixes, problems people found.
0: Mm. So, is, do you think that will, that will be a, a method that you will need to use in the or will use I in hope the future? Because so. it obviously, you know, it takes a lot of the the pain out of it, right? Yeah, um, like, but like, I can like, imagine you've then got, but you've got on the flip side, you've got users that want it want it now. Want it now although there's always a way for people to get it now, isn't right? There? They can always
1: go get the media creation tool. And, and actually, we never thought that that would turn out to be like a star of its own. Uh, yeah, my team has something Happened T-shirts. That was the famous something happened with the media creation tool. Actually, you guys ran into this, I think, in New Zealand because with the media creation tool, it was using the wrong language. There's the, I sold, you know, the code language and the display language yes, and stuff. Yeah. yeah, but we fixed that. Yeah, so now, it's, now, now, now we, you get the sophisticated something happened hexadecimal error code. Um, I think we, I'm biased in these matters. I wish we were more tra- open about this because I think you're like, I registered for it. Do I have a bug? you know, what's wrong. And that's a terrible customer thing to do. It's like announcing a product you can't have. If we just said, Hey, it's coming. And here's why we don't want you to try it yet. Because we want you to have a great experience. If you think we're wrong, go ahead and you can roll back because there's the, there, that's actually what's going on.
0: Yeah. But yeah.
1: I, I hope we do. I mean, I think you have to be smart though about picking, making sure you don't get too much fragmentation because it gets really confusing. Right. Mm. About like, why is this hitting here? Cause it's not there. And, so on, but I, why, why not, I don't know, why not be planful?
0: Absolutely. It's working. Yeah. You know,
1: unfortunately, I think there's some people who are like, oh, that works so great. Let's just open the floodgates. Yeah. I kind of took a different, take a different view. Like, hey, it's working. Maybe we should stick to it. <laughs> but I'm not, you know, I'm not an executive, so.
0: Yep. And, um... The phone site's still coming for Windows 10, isn't it? Is that a, is that a big challenge? You worked on uh, you know, Windows Phone in, you know, in the earlier sort of iterations. Right. This is sort of bringing together now the, you know, this, the same core code base that, that runs across both the, the, the desktops and the laptops and the tablets. And, and the HoloLens. You know, Which X, is pretty Xbox yeah. and, and phones. Um, yeah.
1: Well, I mean, obviously, getting in the phone business is hard. Amazon knows that full well, right? I, you know, we're probably naive a little bit. You know, Microsoft's so successful; hey, we're going to show up, and voila! And it's very complicated, at least in, especially in the United States, because there's a subsidy on the device. So you know, the mobile operators—it's their network. They're the people that pay the product support costs. They are a player and partner in it, but they're a new partner we never dealt with before. Um, and I think we were like, okay, we want a really simple, easy-to-use interface, so that's kind of more like Apple. Yeah. Then enterprise is our strength. It took us a while to get our legs under it. I think, actually, you see a lot of things in Windows 10 that Windows Phone influenced. Um, like NetMeeting that I worked on, for example, no one uses it anymore. But the fact that you know, instant messaging and text messaging and video conferencing are here now, we learn things from it. I think trying to play to our strengths, enterprise is clearly one of them. But if we end up an enterprise with like just tons and tons of screens of checkbox policies, we failed. So yeah, Windows 10 is coming. The ignite. You got to see hardware that no one else in the world outside of Redmond had seen, and maybe a little small thing in Finland.
0: Yeah, okay. it was
1: announced at IFA, the yeah, Munchkin, and, yeah. and so on. And I mean, it actually security around that is tight. When Joe held it up, I mean, you, you don't know. Like that's. That was a, a big, a bigger deal than you probably realized, at least for us.
0: Yeah. Well, he, um, yes, he had a little faux pas with his, um, uh, a little mistake with his phone uh, earlier on in the day as well. Yes. Uh, but we, we won't we might mention that. We don't want to get him into, into any no. strife. <laughs> no. Well, and
1: they have, it's kind of like cars because I think you, you've gone to CES, right? Yeah. You know how yeah. they kind of put skins on them to mask them?
0: Yeah. It yeah. just makes
1: you want to see it all the more. Yeah, he had a skin on it, so it was okay.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: Or like, oh, actually, we, or we call a dry suit. Actually, we call them something a little bit more uh, colorful, phone condoms. But,
0: oh, really? Yeah, I haven't heard that one before.
1: Yeah, sorry. I mean, it's a good thing. to probably get myself into trouble, but
0: no, not, the a, truth. not at all. Um, no, it's 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 interesting just to you know, I guess, hear a little bit of these sort of behind the scenes things that uh, you know aren't normally discussed because you know most discussions that that happen with a big corporation like Microsoft you know tend to be this sort of p r type people and so on but right. actually' or they're very, the, or
1: they're very detailed like what how do I manage SCCM? and a uh, yes uh,
0: yeah there's technical training sessions, so you yeah, know I find it fascinating to sort of you know hear some of the some of the reality of actually what goes on in making these products well, you and were, I know it's not you a were common part discussion, of it too right. Yeah, I mean, I guess you know, over the years, you know, many people have sort of been you know plugged into the sort of you know the testing of the varying versions of, of Microsoft products. And uh,
1: what were they thinking? Yeah, well, I wish we. I mean, it's a tough one, right? Because you we don't want you don't want it to be trendy. You don't want to be a celebrity up and then be up and down, and so try. I think you know, trying to be just keep kind of steady thing is a good move at sort of the corporate level. But at the same time, it makes it unapproachable. You know, I, I wonder if you could just explain what tech is really like, that it's just this thing that lets you do cool stuff and solve yeah. problems, and it's people that are doing it, and they're solving those problems for people. Things would be more understandable. You might not love it still. You still wouldn't love. Why can't I pin a link to a file on Start right now? But you'd, be, you'd understand. And I think when you don't hear anything, you just, are they even listening? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I mean, it's a hard one. And unfortunately, across the world, there's many, many different and varying conflicting disclosure regulations and that gets complicated but i'm with you
0: well it's been been fun to chat um anything that we didn't cover that you think would be interesting yes
1: i want to ask you a question tell me about gorilla because you're you're like a busy guy how do you find the time for all of these things
0: uh, if you don't mind, I, yeah, I think it's it's like you know, for for anyone, there's all sorts of things that we can do with our time, and you know, I'm always trying to work out how to juggle those things, and you know, Gorilla technology's been a, a fun business to be running for a, for a long time, and you know, it's a it's really you know, it's a reasonably simple business, you know, we uh, ha. we we find you know, s- small to medium businesses here in New Zealand who... Maybe get that they can do more with technology than just uh, you know having the basics of technology. They can they can really utilize that technology to take them uh, somewhere where they're not now and to help reinvent their business. And uh, that by you know looking at it in that sort of strategic way and managing it proactively, then that can really help them from being sort of at the at the tail end of businesses in their field to the front end. So um, you know I just enjoy doing that thinking. But I've got a you know great team who. You know, really do the bulk of the work, and then uh, you know these sorts of chats with the with the podcast. That's a that's just something I enjoy doing. I love hanging out and chatting with with people. So it's been it's yeah. been fun today. So I managed to sort of fit those in alongside. And um, you know, I've got a great family who are okay. kind of lo- enough to let me sort of en- enjoy my my passions. So.
1: Well, I was thinking like the small business, you know, because they're there trying to get their thing done that matters to them, right? Mm-hmm. And this technology just kind of gets in the way. I was just thinking about so all these bad. You really bad who don't know and they're just trying to do their best it's like okay instead of faxing it mail it and then print it so when you know things that you encounter and your job that just makes all of these acronyms and things going on gives you sort of a real view of it and that you bring that back here
0: yeah i mean i think you know everyone uses technology in a different way and it's you know it's great to see the the ways in which people use it but yeah, you get really surprised at some of the, I guess, the poor ways in which people use technology too. Um, when you came into the room earlier, I was just on the phone with the bank and I needed them to send me, you know, some particular data from my bank accounts. And I said, look, you know, maybe you can you can just send it in a reasonably readable electronic format, CSV, which is is pretty common. And they said, oh, well, actually, I have to print it out and then I'll have to scan it in and Uh-oh. create a PDF file and then I will email. That to you and yeah, some sometimes technology really gets in the way. So yeah, it is. Um, it's great when technology companies are sort of open enough to you know to listen on ideas on how things could change and it's great when you engage with businesses that are uh, that are really keen to to improve how they work and drive up the productivity of their people because that has a good flow on effect not just for the business but for their personal lives and we were involved in a project recently where you know there were a group of nurses that would spend their their evenings um um you know catching up on work from during the day and we were able to put in place a technology solution that sort of you know freed up that time so that they they didn't have to do that so much oh, yeah. and you know when you achieve those sorts of things you know that that's uh, you yeah, know that's that's worth putting oh gosh the time form into.
1: filling in medicine I mean, anyone who goes into medicine wants to do medicine and not fill out forms and it's error prone
0: besides mm. well
1: that's wonderful
0: Great. Well, thank you for your time. It's been fun.
1: Thank you. And you were a lovely dinner companion besides.
0: Thank you. You Thank you. Great. Cheers, Laura. All right. Well, that's us. Thank you, everybody, for joining us on this special episode of the New Zealand Tech Podcast. Now, you can find out about other podcasts by visiting podcasts.nz for other New Zealand podcasts. Uh, and also be aware of the Asia-Pacific Podcast Conference that's coming up in February, asiapacificpodcastconference.com. And of course next week we will be back with a big uh, bumper special uh, covering some of the highlights of CES, which is uh, currently taking place uh, there in the United States and uh, in Las Vegas. All right, thanks everyone. Catch you next week. Bye. The New Zealand Tech Podcast.